Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Welcome to another edition of the Walker AC Experience for the month of January. I am your host, Walker AC, and to you, my friends, yes, you are still my friends. I go by Adrian, and you can always find us here. Be sure to subscribe, to comment, to share, to like, everything in between, to walkerac76.podbean.com. That's Walker ac76.podbean.com also show some love get some merchandise rep our show as the kids would say go on to cafepress.com forward slash w a c e that's cafepress.com forward slash w a c e but without further ado let me introduce to you to our co-host he is a man of the hour he's a tower of power and uh yes he learns you he learns you new stuff every week. So appreciate him. Stand up and give it up for my co-host, Kevin Yu. Hey, Kevin, how's it going, sir? What's up, gangsters? Hey, hey, as, the, uh, as 57 once said. <laughs> How's it going with you these days? Oh, I'm enjoying the warm weather of Florida for once, noting that the rest of the country is still, you know, trying to deal with the the harshness of winter out there. Oh, yes. I mean, that's one of the few things about Florida that I like. I mean, I know we joke about Florida, man. We joke about all the silliness and stupidities and Ron DeSantis and stuff like that here in Florida. But there's one thing we can honestly agree on is that the weather here is tremendous. You know, we do have a couple of cold snaps here and there, but nothing too detrimental to where you have to break out your Ugg boots and, and winter coats or anything. Well, yeah, there are like a couple months of the year where it's really nice, you know, or we're crawling out of winter, you know, maybe like a month or so. It's pretty sweet. And then, bam, humidity right in your face. And it's back to living in the sauna. Of course, it's always entertaining to listen to Floridians complain about the maybe month, month and a half of cold weather. And then we go back to the sweltering, you know, third rung of hell of Hades where you walk to your mailbox, take 10 steps, and you break out into a sweat, dying of heat exhaustion and you know, things of that nature. So it's wonderful being a Floridian, or as I would call them, Floridians, because I'm not from here, so I can say that. But, uh, I like that also think, I also think we're the, the, um, we're the, the refugee for people that get, get kicked out of like the north, like you from Michigan or New Jersey or New York. Yeah, because, I mean, sometimes I ask people, I'm like, why do you move down here? Oh, the weather's great. I'm from up north, and, you know, I like summer. I'm like, okay, do you like melting? You know, do you like having everything peel off your body within a matter of minutes after walking outside? But that's just me. You know, I, I've been here forever, so I'm, you know, you, you, you can never get used to the hot weather, Kevin. I'm just not really that guy that can go to the beach every day or go to the park knowing it's 98, 95 degrees outside with the humidity of just death. Um, I'm, I'll be the first to say I'm a big wimp. Just put me in my castle with the AC on and I'm good. Yeah, I tell, uh, exactly. I don't want an instant sunburn by, you know, <laughs> walking outside for a second. So that's the pro tip in the summertime, guys. It's like, I, I kind of wonder if parasols will start gaining the fashion sometime. Because they're pretty useful. You know, like, ladies, why not? I mean, there'll be a nice throwback. I mean, I actually see guys using that sometimes instead of sunscreen. Um, speaking of which, I mean, with me... Now, of course, once again, my listeners out there, I'm an African-American man. So, if I'm in the heat for too long, I get darker. And to me, you know, as proud as I am of being a black man, I don't want to get darker. No, no, I really don't. I'm black enough. And, you know, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to walk into a room and it just, I just appear. I don't have to walk in. Uh, I know, I don't want to get that dark. Um, so, I mean, with Kevin, with your fair skin, do you get darker or do you just get sunburnt like a lobster like most? Mm. Like, I got to really be careful. When I was younger, I could take more sun and get really tanned. But, like, you know, as I got older, I think my skin changed. I'm afraid of getting sunburned, so I can't explode myself too much. I know Sunzo, Gunzo, but, you know, gotta put him in the gun locker sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, I mean, are you more of like a sunshine guy? I mean, do, do you like going out into the sweltering heat or do you just like, you know, being inside with the AC and just cuddled up with that? Well, depends on the time of day. Like, it's nice to be like, you know, out in the early morning or near dusk to kind of like enjoy the sunshine at that moment, not no, noon, day, sun. Um, kind of makes you wonder, you know, like in the Old West and the people that <laughs> at high noon, like you must pick the most miserable part of the day to die, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> now, what's really, what's really kind of not really comical, but what's entertaining, we get so used to the weather people saying, hey, there's a heat warning, stay inside. I mean, really, guys? Now, to be fair, up north in Chicago, for example, it gets really, really hot outside because, you know, in certain parts of Chicago, there's not really a whole lot of shade. Just, you know, a little artificial shade here and there, and there really isn't really a strong sense for air conditioning. So there are warnings for heat, but down here in Florida, we have AC units and stuff like that, but we still have warnings saying stay inside. That's insane for heat. And, but yet, you know, people love to come down here and just retire and turn orange and, and run on the beach. Well, you know, you just can't stop people from being ridiculous. You just can't. It's, we're, we're, we are our own predators. It's just that, just that. You can't people, you can't tell people not to eat Tide Pods. <laughs> You'd be like, oh yeah, watch this. <laughs> this is why there's a warning on the most simplistic of things. Do not go inside the lion's cage. No, do not pet the alligator. Do not eat Tide Pods. Why? Okay. I'm not going to go off into a rant, Kevin. I'm not going to do it yet. We're just going to slowly build it up. <laughs> it's too early. It's too early. But, you know, it makes you kind of wonder. And we'll go back to the Florida thing. But it makes you kind of wonder when these warnings came about. You know, when someone literally had to tell you to not molest the alligator. Do not touch the monkey. You know, do not touch the tiger. I mean, how many times did some, I'm not going to say it, some special person put their hand in a cage and have it yanked around? Now, of course, there's so many videos out there of the people that have you know, reached into the panda cage and got shocked when the panda reached in and grabbed the arm. And many people had to literally try to get the guy's arm out of the panda cage, which is to me is hilarious, but I digress. You know, when do you think that something like this started to happen to where they had to literally put up signs for this? Well, people are, it's, you know, humans are reactive, and it's not until someone's like, hmm, should I jump into this, this geyser? I wonder what would happen. And then we're like, oh, somebody got creative. So sometimes you can't anticipate what people will do. It's, it's sad. It's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> Don't try to, you know, clean your ear with your gun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, just what you thought, Dar I mean, Darwin's waiting room couldn't get any more weirder. There we go. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting to see weird stuff like that. But as we go, go back to the whole Florida thing and the weather, uh, right now, you know, tomorrow, uh, we're, we're going to be in, uh, in February. So by the time you hear this episode, it's going to be early February. And now, you know, this should be our cold snap. We should be getting here shortly because right now temperatures in the 60s, sometimes 50s, but nothing, nothing really too bad. And uh, I know I enjoy the cold weather. To me, it's perfect sleeping weather with that. I just missed, uh, missed the snow, being an up north kind of guy, being born in Illinois. Um, were you ever, were you, were you around snow? Did you, did you have the snow experience? Oh, plenty of times. Yeah, I grew up in the snow in New England, and it is not fun. It is garbage. It's like, you can all keep your white Christmases. All you can just take it and leave me alone. It is horrible. Like, going anywhere is horrible. And, uh, you know, you will fall on ice. It is your destiny if you live in a cold area. It's, like, it's just going to happen. Plus, it will be when somebody's watching you. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, it's going to happen. Just accept it. Don't be like, it's never going to happen to me. And then smash. Um, and just 
how stressful on your cardiac system it is to, to shovel, you know, or just, uh, yeah, and like how, like, oh, can't do anything, you're just snowbound, it is no fun. No, of course not. And I have to ask you this final question before we go into our topic. And I've asked this question to many people throughout the years. So, Kevin, if you not had a positive choice, but if you had a choice, would you rather freeze to death or sweat to death? Freeze or sweat to death? I freeze to death. Uh, no, 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 why so? I'm curious. Oh, I think eventually you'll just get numb. And then you just stop, maybe. Or sweat, you just like, you know, you just pass out like unbearably. You know, you, you suffer till the very, very end. I think, you know, I don't know the science yet. <laughs> well, give it time. We will solve that too, because this is what we do here. Um, for me, I would. I agree with you. I rather freeze to death because if you really think about it, you can keep adding on layer upon layer upon layer. Versus in the heat, there's only so much you can take off. And once you take off everything, not really too much you can do. Uh, you know, I think it's time for you just to fall out and just melt to the ground. So I think I'd rather, you know, be that guy in the Himalayas or Mount Everest just, you know, freezing in place. You know, and, and being used as a, a mile marker, you know, as you're climbing. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's just my whole take on that. Or a bobsled. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i yeah thanks our, our, our family guy and i did a little parody of that um so for our audience out there who are listening to the show of course we thank you for that once again you and i were talking off air about a couple of things so i'll bring people up to speed with my current job right now um we promote people pretty quickly so which means as me being a manager, I'm kind of working alone sometimes, just the way it is. No, no big whoop. I love what I do. But now we have to go back into the process of hiring people, which is always a challenge because you ask those cookie-cutter questions. You know, what would you do in a situation or how would you handle this particular situation? And you came up with just a tremendous idea. And so I'll step back and I'll let you talk about it and I'll try not to laugh too hard over you um, as, as you talk about it. Yes, so let's stop asking these inane questions such as, what's your greatest weakness? What would you do in a stressful situation? That's boring. What I want to know is, what is your wrestling finish move? <laughs> How do you wrap up the match? How do you get that big pop in the crowd? How do you make Jim Ross say, good lord, it's got family. <laughs> and the funniest thing about it is, everybody would go, What? And in the back of their mind, in the back of their mind, they'll think, a body slam. Yep, yep, a body slam. Body slam? A pedestrian. Because <laughs> you know most people will be, taken, will be taken off guard with that. So they have to think of something that they know. They'll think, Hulk Hogan body slam. No, 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 no. If they tell me, no, we're going to go for a body slam, sir. I'm going to go, no, uh-uh-uh. You need to do a rude awakening. Oh, <laughs> And they're going to go, what? I'm like, no, no, no. I need to know what your finishing move is. Is it the rude awakening? Is it the superfly, the superfly splash or the big boss man slam? I need to know why I need to hire you. So you need to impress me. Exactly. And you get bonus points if you're ready for an answer. Like, yeah, I was like a jumping pile driver. It's like, you very good. I'm like, hmm, I think I could hire you. Or, bonus points, I will hire them on the spot if they can give me an exact name of a wrestler's, a good, obscure wrestling finishing move like Hayabusa's Phoenix Splash. Ooh, okay. Yes, yes, right? Or, um, you know, Kijimuto's Shining Wizard. Yes, <laughs> on the spot. It's the promotion. <laughs> In instant district manager right there. <laughs> and now... That's a guy who's... <laughs> like look at him he's a go-getter but no for even people who are who are looking at you know their portable device right now going what are they talking about you still can relate you still can understand we say what's your finishing wrestling move haha -ha. everybody understands this and everybody knows this so i'm curious to, to lob it back to you kevin 
You know, if you're sitting there wanting your dream job, no matter what that is, and he look at you in your eyes and go, what's your finishing move? What, what, is, your, what is your answer going to be? Well, I will describe them above my idea. I will say, I have named it the Moab, the mother of all bombs. For you see, I will have my opponent stand on the top turnbuckle. I will grasp his, his armpits and make him flip over as I do a sort of power bomb with him. Therefore, the mother of all bombs. I'm impressed. And, yes. And how about you? What is your finishing move? Hmm. I'm going to go either one of two things. Because, you know, if it's your dream job, you want to impress. And if you think about it, the hiring manager has been hearing weird answers all day long. So they're expecting something huge. So I'm going to do, I'm going to do either one of two things, Kevin. I'm going to say, hmm, I'm going to go for the dreaded eye poke. Something simple. <laughs> or, or the back rake. I'm going to do the back rake. That right there. <laughs> Really big flaring it up. <laughs> because, you know, you know, it's no big secret. I'm a heel. So I'm a bad guy. I, you know, I have to do something. I do the vaunted eye poke or the hair pull. Hey, hey ref, look, pull the hair. There we go. But but if you want to get flashy, <laughs> if you want to get flashy, you know, I'm going to have to, uh, you know, I'm going to do the Stan Hansen clothesline. That's it. Oh, a good one. Yep. I like that. It's like very aggressive. Very like no nonsense. <laughs> so, I would like to play a game uh, with this topic. All right. I want to. I want your. I want you to judge somebody based on their answer. So, what if somebody said to you their finishing move in this you know context would be an old school giant swing? I would hire them. I would really hire them because it's original. And it's something that's something that hasn't been seen in a very long time, other than one wrestler use it. Granted, I'm not going to say his name because nobody's going to nobody's going to understand. Nobody's going to want to look it up. But the giant swing will be something. Yeah, some something I'd hire them on. What what else you got for me? Good. Okay. How about this? What if they say like, oh, the people's elbow? I would continue the interview. I thank them for the interview, but I wouldn't hire them because the people's elbow. Everybody knows what it is. Everybody knows how to do it. Even if you don't know how to do the people's elbow, you think of an elbow drop. So to me, it's not very original. Mm, okay, okay, okay. What if somebody <laughs> said, um, hit him with a stick like Sandman? Like Sandman. Now for that, <laughs> I, you, know, I, you know, for that, I had to put the application to the side and I had to come back to that application. But when you're ready, I have some for you. But but, but keep it coming. <laughs> okay. Oh, let's get exotic. What if they say the um, what if they say the uh, like shooting star splash? I would consider them. I still put it to the side because it's shooting star press. <clears throat> they 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 have to know wrestling. They're a wrestling fan. So I'm like, okay, I'll put that to the side. Okay, not bad. They, you know, they'd be my first runner-up if my main guy didn't hire. How about a band move like the Brainbuster? I would hire them, but they had to prove themselves to me before I make them up or management. I, I bring them on as an assistant, you know, maybe an apprentice for that one. Pretty good, pretty good. I wanted a, a variety of <laughs> presentations for you, like old school, dangerous, high flying. <laughs> just, you know, just to people's personality types. Oh, no problem. Well, I have actually I have four for you. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. Okay, so young lady comes in for a job, dream job. You're, you're the hiring manager. You look at her and say, "What's your finishing move?" And she goes, "The ocean cyclone suplex." Cyclone suplex. I like that. It's very thematic. I just like the, the sound of it. You know, and I do like a, I like, I like all sorts of plexes. So, <laughs> I, you know, I, I say, welcome aboard. <laughs> so, are you ready for the next one? Mm -hmm. All right. So, 
And a gentleman comes in, goes to the interview, what's your finishing move? He looks at you, he goes, hmm, I'm going to go for the Akeem African Dream Big Body Splash. <laughs> I was like them for their time and back away slowly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, you can do that by accident. That's no like no effort, which means no effort in their work. Direct correlation. All right, good one, good one. Okay, okay. Okay, so so here's the next one. And see, right now, the people who are listening to the show is going, what the hell are you talking about? And I'm going to say pause, go on Google, and look all this stuff up. Trust me, you will blow snot laughing at this. Just, just bear with me. So the next one, now hold on tight here. You ask, you ask the gentleman, okay, sir, your resume looks good, great interview, but finally, before you go, what's your finishing move? And he looks at you just with a straight face and goes, the Saba Semba Samoan drop. Uh-huh, uh-huh, see? Interesting. I would say, you know what? I, you know, maybe a... Probationary hire. It's like interesting. Can you really pull it off? And can you pull it off with pizzazz? We use <laughs> extra points if you announce your finishing move, like like a video game. Haven't <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... yelled it out. Yeah. <laughs> it's time for a perfect plex. Excuse me, sir. What? <laughs> Now, now here, I'll actually add on, actually add on two more. So, just, okay, so next okay. one. Guy looks at you too, he goes, okay, I'm going to go for the Bastion Booger Batcave. Hmm. First of all, I was like, did you make that up? I don't, I don't really quick wait, Bastion Booger was winning anything. <laughs> well, I mean, he's beat, I mean, he's beat some jobbers here and there, but now people who are going, Bastion Booger... Trust me, guys, look it up. It's hilarious, but I digress. Yes, with a lot of duct tape. <laughs> and finally, just to put into context, um, you know, okay, what's your finishing move? Okay, you know, I'm going to go for the Hulk Hogan leg drop. Would they be hired? Ooh, that'd be highly suspect. Because, like, you know, if they said the Hulk Hogan axe bomb, you guys should look that one up. I'd be like, yeah, you're hired. <laughs> but with the leg drop, I'd be like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> Are you ready for the the rigors of this job? It's a little more rigorous than a leg drop. <laughs> and maybe give us a second interview. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I would look at them and I would think, they're trying to get in my good graces. They, they're, they're really trying. You know, they know Hogan. They know leg drop. They really don't have a good finishing move. They're kind of plucking it out of thin air. So I'm not, I'm not sure if we're going to hire them or not. Well, then again, you could ask a follow-up questions like, what would you do if Hulkamania does run wild on you? <laughs> <laughs> would you really rest in peace? Would you for this job? <laughs> would you? <laughs> The wrestling nerds right now are losing their mind right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, what is a slobber knocker? <laughs> now, for me, an instant president of the company, if they can tell me who, I mean, what is Kenzo Suzuki's finishing move? If they can tell me that, then they're in. They're just flat in right there. Yeah, very nice, very nice, exactly. Or I would ask also ask them, like, can I trust you to do the doomsday machine with me? <laughs> <laughs> now, if they go, okay, bring it on, then okay, they're okay. If they look at you kind of weird, you're going to go, thank you for your time. I appreciate the interview, but thank you for your time. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> that's a trust exercise. That's not trustful <laughs> for the victim. <laughs> now, see, stuff like this can be implemented in everyday life, Kevin. You know, just hey, you know, um, you know, um, sir, your uh, your dryer is installed. Can I do? Can anything else we do for you? 
Yes, before I pay you, what's your finishing move? Excuse me? Before I pay you this money for installing my dryer, what's your finishing move? <laughs> you know, if the guy looks at you, if the guy looks at you and go bionic elbow, okay, twenty dollar tip. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Exactly. You know, even asking somebody on a date would be like, well, what, where do you see this relationship going? Can we do a rolling thunder together? <laughs> if she pulls out a can of mace, you know it's not meant to be. <laughs> exactly. Hey, it's not a garbage match. <laughs> uh, uh, excuse me, lady. I didn't ask for a no DQ, okay? Just, just not. Just... Exactly. Or I'll have your runs in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course your date looks at you and looks at you and goes, why are you putting on a referee shirt? No, no reason. Just just no reason. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised that wasn't a gimmick. <laughs> Don't ref the wrestler. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. This is why we're single, folks. This is why we're single. No, kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, but pretty much, on, pretty much on to other things here. Uh, you... <laughs> Uh, you may have mentioned, unfortunately, that you're a little bit under the weather uh, these past couple of days. Um, and it's been going around, I'm not going to lie. Um, so, I mean, when, so, so, so how was that? I mean, you know, your, 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 your illness. Hmm. Well, yeah, everybody, last week I got the stomach flu. It was, it was a, <laughs> it was a very intense 48 hours. Like, at first in the morning, I was like, Am I just depressed? I don't want to eat. I don't want to do anything. I just want to go to bed. And the day went on. I was like, oh, all of my waste products are liquefied. <laughs> I just had to tap on the van. I was like, I can't do this. I can't be vertical anymore. Bye. <laughs> Oh my god! And of course, you know, I like. Just... <laughs> I mean, like it's like your body's like in this really crazy like process where like you're trying to figure out what's going on, so like you're feeling the body pain and everything. But throughout the whole thing, I still thought better than the flu, <laughs> better than the flu. <laughs> well, I mean, I've been I've been pretty lucky. Of course, as soon as I say this, it's going to happen now. I've, I've I've been lucky, you know, because I. I rarely get sick, but, but when I do, it's the extreme sickness, you know, to where you don't want to get out of bed, or if you do get out of bed, you're stuck in a bathroom, hug, you know, hugging the porcelain goddess for a couple of hours, and things coming out in weird spots that's not supposed to, and uh, yeah, you, you, you smell color, you see Aztec temples, that kind of sickness, and uh, yeah, mine's happened, mine's happened once a year. And I get like I get sick for a couple of days, and then of course you know it's time to go back to work. But um, when when you get ill, do you find yourself doping yourself up, or just letting it happen naturally? Mm, mostly just trying to you know sleeve it off. Yeah, you know, basically, you know, like <laughs> I don't know. I still have that weird mentality that like you don't go to, to like the doctor unless you're really really sick. Yeah. As, as what you do in America, but, you know, but it's, uh, it, you know, again, if, like, you don't have really good insurance, you're going to pay so much money, so it's like, ugh. Kind of like, some people, like, you should just call an Uber and go to the hospital and go take an ambulance. <laughs> so that kind of well, see, the thing that matter is, I, I guess, call me stubborn, I guess, call it my old age. You know, just like you said, I don't go unless a body part's falling off. Other than that, I just dope myself up and just stay in bed and stay under the covers and try to sleep as much as I possibly can. But of course, when you're sick, your body doesn't want to go to sleep. It wants to stay up and experience every single movement, every single sound there is, until you literally just, just say, kill me and get over with. And then your fever <laughs> finally breaks and you're back to normal and all of a sudden you have to go back to work. Exactly. That's sickly. He's kind of like, yeah. Stay home, but don't get paid. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's really no, interesting. It's really interesting, you know, when you when you get sick. Of course, I'm saying from my people here in America versus people in other countries. When you get sick here, and you must 
go to the hospital or you must go to the doctor, you spend what, how many hours in the waiting room being sick and quote unquote dying amongst all the other people that are next to you dying and coughing up a lung and mucus flying everywhere. Yeah, it's not really a place to get better. I'd rather just take my chances at home because I know I can live in my filth for a couple of days versus being in a waiting room with everybody else's filth. I don't want to get super flu or any kind of weird super new bug that comes out and I get it. I think I'd rather just stay home and just wait it out. Yeah, I get that. And it's kind of like, there's your whole day. Like, you're just sick of the hospital. Can't get anything else done. But you hope you buy, like, I hope you buy a snack. <laughs> and of course, it's also, it's what's really funny is the most simplistic of things. The doctor looks at you and runs a couple of tests. Okay, we'll take some of this and go home and lay down. You know, I could have just called you. I just heard that instead of waiting six hours here, you know, like shivering because the, the waiting room is so cold and, you know, and watching Beth across, across from me, you know, you know, hork up stuff. No, no, I just, I just rather stay home, take my chances with soup. It is. Yeah. And it's just no fun at all. It's like everything's miserable. Oh, pretty much other than that, I mean, you know, I'm just I'm very fortunate and not to get sick that much. And, and plus, on top of that, I'm definitely glad that definitely glad that you're feeling better because it's it's, it's it's never a good thing. But uh, in, but in, in anything on your mind for you know, for topics or as you would say, topics. Topics, uh, hot topics, hot topics. <laughs> <laughs> also, also on cereal beers. He's cereal beer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, you know, since it's, what, the last day of January, um, it is kind of funny how everybody this year seemed to really talk a lot about um, uh, resolutions, and it made me wonder how many of those resolutions lasted, you know, I mean, do you know if anybody has continued or even made any resolutions that kind of lasted the month? Not really. I think it's just lip service to say I'm going to do A, B, C, and D. And a small minority of people actually work towards it and work to try to get it done. I'm not going to lie. I'm not one of those people. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, work, life, lazy, sleep, things like that. But I try to, to get back to it here and there. Weight loss. I try to dabble into that. I try to watch what I eat. Exercise. Have a Peloton here. You know, not just for hanging my clothes on. I actually use the damn thing. Um, you know, just, just, just try to be as disciplined as I possibly can. But generally speaking, most just say I'm going to do it. And once they get into like the month of January, February, they're like, okay, well, I can still do it. The year is, the year is still young. I can keep on going. But around November, like, ah, I'll wait until January and do it all over again. Man, it's always in November. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Every year at the gym. I just noticed, like, oh, yeah, it's a big crowd in January. And it's like, okay, just wait to the end of the month. And the herd usually thins out. Now, I do have a gym question for you. But, I'm, but, but finish your sure. thought, please. I'll finish your thought. Oh, well, it's not that I, you know, I want people to quit. I, I, I want them to, you know, find out what works for them and to keep going and not and have realistic goals. So just stay motivated. I don't want people to just, like, you know, just give up. You know, it's, it's about consistent, consistent effort will bring you your results. Of course, and I agree 100%. My question to you is, and I'm not a big gym guy. I'm not. And But the times that I have been to the gym, to me, it's more of an intimidation factor, I want to say. You know, because, you know, whether it be you start your routine or you're in your routine, you're in your groove, and, you know, you see not necessarily the muscle heads, because to me, that's kind of passe. But you, you see everybody in shape, I guess. In shape, taking their pictures or TikToks, whatever the, the crazy kids do nowadays with their fancy iPods. Um, is, it more is it more intimidating to you going to a gym versus working out at home? Or do you prefer working in the gym because you see people you know, doing their thing and that kind of motivates you to work a little, to work a little bit harder? I choose the latter because I do like the kind of like the shared mentality in space. Like you're there, you know, ostensibly to 
put forth the effort and discipline into, you know, a very arduous task. It is no, you know, really becoming stronger is not an easy undertaking. And I think it's nice that, you know, people are so dedicated. And the, I would say the majority of people are pretty nice. It's just that people get in their own heads. You know, everybody's looking at me, everybody's judging me, which, you know, most cases aren't. And if they are, they're, you're in the wrong gym. You know, I don't like that. I don't tolerate that. You know, fitness is for everybody. And I just, I respect people that, places that have zero tolerance for people being judgmental like that. Because we all started somehow, somewhere. And, um, I mean, it's, to me, it just feels like so much. It's also like a, a space thing. At home, you know, I do my home workouts. Yeah. But I don't feel, it's a different way of, like, different mentality like really being able to push yourself and also you know i don't have to buy the equipment and i don't have to clean up so pretty good yes <laughs> yes and you know i mean i don't i don't mind sweating all over machines and wiping them off when i'm done i don't mind that because i had the machines at home it'd be so much easier but yeah i've I, you know I, i've gone to planet fitness and 24-hour fitness and stuff like that you know i i have got in contact with trainers and they give me just 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 a basic uh template on what to do to to reach my goals and and i won't lie like i said before sometimes i get kind of intimidated you know looking at people who are there who people have their stuff together and they know what they're doing um versus you know me and my dad bod with my headphones on trying to try you know trying to lift a particular weight hopefully not struggling too much and pooping myself because i just overexert myself um yeah, it's just once again, just like you said, you get lost in your head and you kind of look around and you don't want to make sure people are trying to judge you or look at you for trying to make an effort. But with gyms nowadays, you know, everything is everything is more inclusive. You know, people are actually there for you to help you. And if you do something wrong or do something inaccurate, then, you know, they'll take the time to, you know, to give you that course correct. So this generation, I give them kudos because everyone wants to see everybody succeed, especially in a gym. And I also think it's worth the effort to get educated. It'll, it'll take away the fear because when you really know what you're doing, you know, by being taught by somebody with expertise, it'll empower you. And I think it's also how you'll avoid developing bad habits and avoid injury and really maximize your, your efforts. So it is kind of worth it to do the research and think through your way through and not just, you know, run into it and possibly do things wrong. Oh, and I have many a times. I found something interesting, Kevin, that I'll bring to your attention. And this is really just kind of a bizarre question, which ties into this. Um, we had PE back in our day. Now, for those of you who are unaware of PE is, is physical education. Uh, we had it, of course, in grade school, junior high, high school. High school morphed into weight training, track, swimming, stuff like that. But in years gone by they've gotten rid of PE and I never understood why because it was something really important to get your body moving you know throughout the course of the day instead of sitting down in class sitting down at lunch sitting down in snacks and stuff like that um, did you have PE back then or was that after they removed it oh I had PE um, yeah we had PE where we played like you know, sports and games like <laughs> Like, I remember being in junior high and having games of dodgeball with seniors, which was, you know, <laughs> a very dangerous time. <laughs> but um, also, the reason why a lot of health and PE got cut was because of budget cuts. Because, you know, when the school has to cut, and it's like, you know, you're not going to get tested for PE to, to for funding. And, you know, what's, what's going to make you a good little worker be knowing how your body works in proper nutrition or being able to crunch numbers? Mm. Well, that is true. Yeah, I was kind of taken aback by that because, uh, you know, PE, I had fun in PE. I mean, I wasn't a workout guy, but I, you know, I definitely enjoyed doing the dodgeball thing. Thank heavens I didn't get pegged too much. Um, and just working out, goofing off. But just the fact that, you know, you can run, jump, do things like that for whether it be 90 minutes or 60 minutes just to, you know, just to get your mind off of work, off of schoolwork for a bit, you know, that's, that, that was more beneficial. 
And I think nowadays, and correct me if I'm wrong, I could be wrong. Um, I've been in the school system for many, many years. Do, do they still have PE or is that still off the curriculum? Oh, they, they have forms of it. It's just, you know, still deprioritized. And unfortunately, you know, when budget cuts come, it comes at their expense, just like other, you know, non-STEM type of classes, you know, that are really, you know, usually aren't counted towards um, standardized testing. I mean, it's still there. It's, uh, I still think it's very important. You know, you should know what a calorie is or how to, you know, do a proper squat. You should understand these things for your, the human body. And so I just wish that, you know, as, as like a, you know, aside, I think we've kind of, we need to really think, rethink the purpose of education, not just to create workers like it originally was, but to create functional members of society in, in different ways. Yes. I mean, we should teach more, more realistic parts of life instead of, you know, not, not instead of, excuse me, I don't want to misspeak. Along with, um, we had um, uh, uh, auto in high school, you know, change a tire, change your oil, look for certain things in vehicles. Uh, we had uh, cooking classes, how to cook. But, you know, we should have another class. We should have classes like financing. You know, how to balance your, how, you know, how to balance your checkbook, how to balance your bank account, um, what things to invest in, what things to watch out for, look out for scams, just basic day-to-day lives as we get older, what things to look out for. Because once you graduate, you're like, okay, well, here you go. You know, you survive calculus. Okay. Right. <laughs> you know, so I, yeah. how, how do I balance, how do I balance my bank account? I have a credit card, you know, okay, well, what's... What's the tax on my credit card? Stuff like that. Right. I mean, I saw a video about the education system in Finland. And one of the core subjects is media literacy, which I think America sorely needs, being able to decipher, you know, fake news and, and have and understand the tools to detect doctored images, uh, being able to see that the bias in your news source. And those are incredibly important skills. Um, but I just think it's like, it's each society's kind of like view of, of education and the point of it. I mean, education here is very difficult on the workers too. And so, you know, there's always a teacher shortage, uh, like, and there's always a lot of pressure on teachers. They just keep more and more crap going at them. And, um, they have to spend so much of their own money. They're underpaid and... But there's that aspect too, and all just um, legality about all and high t- turnover, high burnout, and um, and how it just is a really bizarre labyrinth system, or even like little, or even like other things such as like the source of funding. Okay, so if you're in a rich city, you can have a you know a pretty good school system. Well, if you live in a poor place, you know that's funded by tax money. What kind of school do you think you're gonna get? Mm. So it's. It's a, it's a myriad of, of, of factors that go into it and that, uh, you know, even now with the current uh, pull of some people wanting to privatize education, now there's that issue. Now it's money, like, or even just like corporate interests. Now even that is a factor. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of private school. Never was a big fan of it. Not, not because I wasn't smart enough to be in it. Well, probably I'm not smart to be in it, but the, the, the money that goes along with that. And if, sure. you know, if they had, and of course, once again, this is all good in theory, but if they did a whole overhaul of the education system, what, to, what topics to, to teach, bringing back physical education, um, and just a plethora of just new life things to teach about, I think things would be a whole lot better. But once again, if you ask me, what those are, yes, I can spout out a few, but it won't really reach the gen- you know, it won't reach the general masses because once again, some wouldn't want to learn how to balance a checkbook or to think of buying an automobile, you know, like the APR stuff like that on a car, or you know, how to budget your money if you if you buy a home or a condo or apartment, just certain life lessons like that. The curriculum will be huge. And 
you know, I mean, who knows if, if, you know, if the state or, you know, I mean, state or local laws even want to even dip in something like that. But instead, we have social studies, which, eh, I'm still kind of, eh, on social studies or biology, sociology, psychology, you know, just, I, I just want a course that just focuses, focuses on society now. I mean, obviously, we learn about history, but I want to make sure that people, you know, have um, the social skills to get through in this generation. I also find a monkey wrench in these things is that people want the younger people to learn it, but it demands that the people in power now also change. They also have to allow critical thinking to get to their brains and so and also force their own um, consideration of their biases and what they know and what they don't know. They can't just demand it of younger people. They need it has to be a society wide change. Like I just talked about earlier, it's media literacy. You've got people who are just hardcore conspiracy theorists that will just tell you, you know, with a you know, straight face that the world's flat. Yeah, to put the you know to pick an extreme example, mm. but it's also with the adults. It's like it is knowing like you too have to face the fact that you may you know may not know about these things and the importance of these things. Um, it's tough because some people like yeah they prioritize one thing or you know or another. So it. it it's tough, especially now that education has become politicized as well. It's we're not headed down the right path. I feel. I mean, one of the core subjects I would love to implement from you know kindergarten is not just physical health, but emotional health. I think that's absolutely fundamentally an important set of skills to have that'll carry you through life. How to deal with disappointment how to be resolute, how to cope with things, how to cope with loss. It is such a detriment, and we see the follow every day. People being miserable, people being horrible to themselves, people just acting out because they were not taught at an early age to acknowledge and understand their feelings and how to work with the world around them. And we're just up business as usual. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it will be interesting to have to have that. But reality, you can barely have five people in the room and have them all, you know, have them all come to some sort of agreement when it comes to just simple things like education. You know, because you're right. I mean, you know, they're going to turn it into something political. Like, you know, okay, I want to teach you about religion. Which religion? Or I want to teach you about gender. Which gender? You know, it's, you know, it's going to be a whole cluster whole clusterfuck about it. And, you know, if, if, I, if I had my choice, I would teach certain things, but obviously what, what would work for me wouldn't work for you or the other person or the, or the other person. Yeah, which, you know, goes back to, like, think, doing both critical thinking and emotional health. I think when we do have these fundamental issues, like being taught to really look at another person's point of view with good faith and being able to say, okay, maybe we have a shared value and not just think, oh, this person just wants to spite me. Like, um, to plug Hidden Brain, um, one of my favorite podcasts, um, they are doing a series about um, the psychology of opposing parties, especially in the, in the political uh, sphere. And I think it's really impo important that uh, the points they're making, for example, thinking that like people on the extreme polar opposites, they tend to think the other side hates them more than they actually do, and that people are reacting are reacting out of fear and not out to, you know, cause destruction. And so, it's, I think those are really important things to think about and to learn about, because once we do, we can avoid having unproductive um, conversations or unnecessary conflict and actually come to compromise. Yeah, see, I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult. 
Now, I would imagine, and once again, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't want to talk out of my bum, um, the education system in America versus, say, Germany or, or Asia. What, what country do you think has the most strongest educational system to prepare, pe- to prepare people for life? Or do you think it's just all the same? They teach you just the basics. I don't think it's the same. They do, they do mean, I mean, they do teach like core subjects, but it's how they do it. And, you know, like, like to mention Finland again, um, long while back, they were rated the, the best country for education. And it wasn't because they concentrated on scores or those things, it's because they concentrated on, on equity, on providing high quality education for all people. And I thought that was, yeah, that's what you need. <laughs> Not just for those that with, with money, that live in a certain you know, zip code. That's what it took. And um, it, it just, it, it is like, I just think it's kind of interesting like how literate and, and accomplished people can be when they're given the tools that are needed. I mean, there are other factors I also think about like America is so huge. Is it just the sheer volume and size that represent a problem in of itself? Um, Because you think again, those smaller countries, how because the smoke, you know, nature, they're able to have things go a little smoother. But then, like, you know, and also America being a very like individual individualistic society, that is both a good and negative thing. Whereas you compare it to the People's Republic of China, highly collectivist society, again, it's a trade-off. Um, but I also do see things like, you know, they're more similar in some differences. Like we both, we all value like, you know, personal success and striving and working hard, but sometimes it's how you do it and how you define it. It, it is of value to think about how other systems work. Like, you know, Korea and Japan and China have high stakes testing right out of, like, out of middle school. There's a lot of pressure to put on people. You know, that's, I think it's like horrifically stressful for young people to face that stress. But on the other hand, the United States kind of like, yeah, you know, you, you could be dragged through school if you don't want to be. And sometimes I wonder if like you truly don't want to be dragged through school, then what are we doing? Is the system failing you or does the person failing themselves? Well, I mean, mainly, mainly it's based on here, it's all about particip- participation trophy. You know, you, you didn't pass, so we're going to grade you on a curve. Or if you're a good sport, if you're good in sports, don't worry so much about your test scores. You know, you know, things, you know things like that. So I would rather, me personally, I'd rather take the high-pressure test Versus have my versus having my hand being held, you know, to try to make it. Because once I because once because once I make it, I'm going to look around not knowing what to do. Well, two things. Um, it makes me laugh when people talk about the participation. Because like that puts the guilt on the student, the young person. But who invented that? Who's giving out the participation? <laughs> it's the people in power. They were the one. They're the ones. So why are they not the villains? Um, also, high takes high stakes testing. It also teaches you to think rigidly and think only the, of performing for a test, not in the basic application or even thinking in black and white terms of like, I have to pass. Passes everything. If I do not pass this, my life is screwed. I don't get into the school I want. So I can't go into the path I want. Whereas the true nature of learning is exploration. To even think that um, failure is just part of the learning process, um, I think is a builds a healthier attitude, and um, it also allows for more sensibility and thoughts in the purpose of learning. Because again, like you know, we have standardized scores here, so what does it matter if you do well on, a, on the SATs? What does it matter? Does it truly really 
it reflect your ability to be talented in your chosen profession? Not necessarily. It says you just did well on the test. You had to spend so much time and effort, and you know, um, with uh, no child to left behind, determined teachers and schools' survival. Ridiculous, you know. Yes, and this is why the whole system needs to be revamped. But how is 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 the main question, and it's going to take a lot to even try to even start the foundation with that. But the good thing is, you know, I think that between you and I, Kevin, I think we can solve it, and I think we can rebuild everything. Um, uh, mainly, you know, mainly with our intelligence, or shall I say, with your intelligence. Um, I'll just sit idly by eating a sandwich, going, "Hey, move th- move that block over there." Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and once everything once everything is done, and uh, uh, I take part credit for it. Um, my finishing touch will be, hey, what's your finishing move on this block again? But no, it's... Uh... <laughs> what's your interest? What's your theme music? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like, uh, Adrian, why are you playing Hulk Hogan's Real American when we're all done here? Hey, I'm just putting the finishing touches on it, bro. Um, <laughs> it's the outro. It's the outro. You're not paying attention. You fail. <laughs> So this is what we do on the program. I mean, we definitely solve world issues like we have again. We've uh, solved education. And uh, if you're not paying attention, you do get a, you do get a participation award for paying attention. Um, yeah, it feels fine. <laughs> <laughs> so as we slowly put a capper on this hour, which has gone by tremendously fast, I feel we have um, definitely more to say about this. But we're going to... Definitely put it in, in, in another podcast. I wanted just to get to rants, um, you know, you know, before before we close up shop. Uh, did you have any rants? Yes, the rants. Um, I do think it is kind of crazy that people are thrust into an economic system without full understanding and how how complex it can be. One of my native, one of my latest ventures is to truly and you know learn about personal finance. It's something I've dreaded and feared for the majority of my life to, to a very pathological degree. It's been bad, but this month I'm summoning the courage to learn about it because I feel the more that I understand it and learn about it, the less fear I have. But why are we put in these crazy situations where you have to learn about, you know, APY, and you got to learn about, you know, investing and this and this, this, when it's all just the whole field of knowledge, but you gotta participate. If you don't participate, you know it's detrimental to your future. How are you gonna get ahead? It's crazy. Yeah, we have you know, and the people with the, the expertise or the money to hire people with expertise, they're the fine. Where the rest of us, like you know, we have to do a lot more to get up to speed because again, like we're not taught these things, especially if you don't come from a, a family that is adept at this knowledge. So, yeah, I think it's just kind of unfair that we <laughs> are kind of put into the deep end sometimes in terms of economics. I, I like that rant. Um, of course, mine is much more simple. Shocker, shocker. Um, I embrace AI. I embrace technology. I embrace anything that helps us evolve as, you know, as a species, as society. You know, there's a whole lot of fear out there for AI. There's a whole lot of fear in the beginning with computers. There's a whole lot of fear with Y2K. We joked about that before. Um, but the main thing is, it's going to help us. It's going to help us move forward, because that's the main premise of life: is moving forward, evolving, doing something new, doing something that will cushion us a whole lot better. Because we are problem solvers. That's this. This is who we are. You know, I mean, whether it be something so simple as I'm tired, I'm lazy, I don't want to get a hamburger. You know what I'll do? I'll invent something to have a hamburger being brought to me. I have a pizza being brought to me because I don't want to go up and get it myself. You know, it's the most simplistic of things. It helps society. So with, with AI coming out to help us more, I think there's more of a fear of it than acceptance. And with that, with the, you know, oh my God, what if AI goes crazy? I think there's a fail-safe switch. I think there's a kill switch, just like on anything. 
You know, I, you know, I think, of course, we fear things we don't understand, but I think if it's here to help us, it's not like the Terminator. I'm, I'm sorry, it's not like the Terminator. It's not going to turn around and kill us. Because there, because I do believe there are things in place, you know, that, that will help us out. And if there isn't, and I'm wrong, participation trophy, folks. It's okay. Uh, that's my rant. But do you have any thoughts on that one, Kevin? Yeah, it's uh, people are always afraid of technology, you know. I think I mentioned before that people are afraid of books. Like, oh, it's literally bad for your memory. You should be able to just have it in your brain. So, <laughs> or just not too long ago, people are afraid of 5G. Like, oh, I better knock down those towers. Yeah, great idea. Now 5G is all the place. Guess who won? <laughs> I love having done the bots in me. <laughs> so it's just, you know, it's, it's the same pattern over and over again. It's like, how can you trust self-driving cars? Like, how can you trust other humans driving cars? Every day we have evidence against why we're bad at it. Yes, most most people can't drive in a straight line, so self-driving cars may actually kind of help us. So there, so there you go. Oh boy, but uh, yeah, this has been a very fast hour, Kevin, an extremely fast hour. And um, do you have any final words for, for our people as we sign off? Well, yeah. Um, I, I like to tell people that, you know, people say you are what you eat. And it's, you know, it's also what you are, what you consume, kind of like your media or your news. It's about the quality. If you're if you're having good quality facts and and information and, and or just like relationships, it's gonna feed you. You're gonna feel good. Whereas you get a bunch of crap and you're just like a person that to, you know you know <laughs> pretend to to not notice that might be a thing. And, you know, it's kind of like, oh, no, I feel so bad. I better go eat more Taco Bell. <laughs> kind of just, you know, so think about, you know, what you're consuming out there. You know, and it's, it's just about the habits, you know, if you can, or, or you're always trying to get, you know, uh, fast food for dinner, you know, think about what it'll do to you because you create a habit and the easiest thing to do is to do the thing you know, same thing you've been doing. Or just like, if you're so scared, or you know, scared of the world, consider your news source. You know, are they trying to, you know, rule you with demagoguery? Or is it even like well-researched information? You know, just try to have that critical thinking. I agree. My final thoughts is go outside, people. Go outside, walk in the grass, go to the beach, put down your phones, turn off your TV. Don't forget what life is about. You know, don't forget that the path to happiness is never in a straight line. Once you're on that path to happiness and peace, keep on going. Try not to get distracted by everything else. Because life is extremely easy. Sometimes people make life difficult for you. Just Keep on your mission, and just don't forget to go outside once in a while. So, if people want to reach out to you, Mr. Kevin, where can they go? Well, try to find me on Facebook, because I'm trying to use as, as um, less social media as possible. That's where we post um, episodes of Cereal and Beer, my other podcast with, um, with Jeff, uh, the Asian American podcast, where we basically talk about the world and try to make each other laugh. Uh, so, we, you know, you can... And our um, Serial Bureau is also a part of the Waka AC Experience uh, Network. So we're all in the same uh, podcatchers out there, all 20 plus platforms such as Hobby or Spotify. We're there. And uh, <laughs> if you get real inspired, try to use the Serial <laughs> Bureau at hotmail.com uh, email. But again, like I said last time, we should change. <laughs> email where we know the password <laughs> it's gonna happen soon kevin it's gonna happen soon uh yeah. <laughs> speaking of soon any question you know what this question is going to be um when can we expect the next episode of cereal and beer february is right here so it's time to make the schedule so 
just go to see when uh, Jeff is available because, you know, he's overseas. So uh, maybe mid-February or so. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, the way to get um, Jeff back on board, the way to summon Jeff, we're going to send out the bass signal in a way to where we're going to talk shit about Panda Express. That'll bring him back sooner than later. So that definitely works. Uh, sometimes we like to unite. I like to think if we, 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 we always unite over Coco's curry. That's <laughs> delicious curry, everybody. Makes things better. See, just kill the joke there, Kevin. Just kill the joke. No. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> with my... With my atomic drop. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you can find us um, on multi, multi different platforms, wherever you get your podcasting, uh, listening things from. I totally butchered that. Um, find us under walkerac76.podbean.com. That's walkerac76.podbean.com, whether it be on Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, anywhere else in between. Of course, once again, Show some love for our merchandise, cafepress.com forward slash W-A-C-E. Get your t-shirts, your stationery, your blankets, your mugs, beer steins. Take a look. There is some stuff for everyone. And, of course, this has been a Walker AC experience. No, no, no. I have to do this the right way. This has been a Walker AC experience. I have been Adrian. He has been Kevin. You have been our friends, our family. People who loved us, people who hate us, but you're still going to listen. Nanny, nanny, boo, boo. And we'll talk to you next week.